Hello and welcome to another episode of the Solo Collective Podcast. My name's Matt Saunders and I'm your host. For those who don't know me, I am a coach to freelancers and creative agency owners. I run a business myself designing websites for more years than I can care to remember. So in this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you a number of tips and lessons that I've learned over my career. So I first started freelancing back in 2009, hot off the heels of a global recession. It was probably the craziest time to take the plunge and go self-employed. But even back then, I just had a belief that I could make it work. When I actually took the plunge, I only had one client lined up. And I think if I remember correctly, the value of that client was about £700. So it was a very small website project. And £700 at the time didn't even cover the rent that we were paying on the flat that we were living in. So it just wasn't really a very sensible financial decision. But yeah, I've just always had this kind of strong belief in myself that there's enough work out there that something will come along. And sure enough, it did. Now, I struggled a lot in the first couple of years of freelancing. And I ultimately, I did give up and go back to employment because it was just too much of a slog for me. But if you've listened to me talk about my freelancing journey before, you'll know that it wasn't so much about the abundance of opportunities and work out there. It was more about the quality of the work, the quality of the client, getting the right sort of projects in. Those were the things that I struggled with. And so that was 15 years ago. 15 years ago, I first took the plunge and went self-employed. So in this episode, I'm going to run through 15 of the key learning points that I've experienced over my career. And at least some of them, I'm sure, are going to be helpful to you and resonate with you and where you're at. So let's dive right into that. Lesson number one, favoring action over perfection. As a website developer who started as a hobbyist building websites for local bands back in early 2000s, I used to really obsess over the craft of web design. You know, I used to spend so long making it look really nice and tweaking it and changing the design and all this kind of stuff. And a lot of the times, the pages that I was building, you know, for hobby sites and, and stuff, they never actually went live because I was just messing around with them. I learned a lot during that time. But I think when you professionalize what you do, you got to start favoring taking action and getting things launched rather than endlessly looking for perfection. The second lesson I've learned through self-employment over the 15 years is working on myself. What I've realized is that my business will always be a reflection of me. It will always be a reflection of my own mindset and my own beliefs. And of course, my ability and skill sets as well. So if you want to grow the business and if you want to grow professionally, then you've got to grow personally as well. You have to look at the things that you struggle with as a person. Maybe it's personal things like your diet or exercise or your relationships, or maybe it's some baggage from the past that you're carrying along with you and you find that it's infiltrating the decisions you're making on a daily basis in your business. So yeah, working on yourself is a big thing. Getting coaching, getting therapy, or at least reading a few self-help books on a regular basis. This has really helped me to kind of work through some of my stuff and grow as a person. The third lesson that I've learned on my entrepreneurial journey is that people are generally good. I used to take a very skeptical view of people. I used to have kind of trust issues, I guess. Um, I'm not alone in this. A lot of people who I speak to today, they disclose to me that, you know, they, they fear outsourcing because they ultimately don't trust other people and they want to do everything themselves. 
And what I've realized is that, you know, the kind of qualities that we often ascribe to people as being greedy or lazy or disorganized or whatever it is, it's often not the case. You know, people are really busy. By our nature, we are self-interested and we can get overwhelmed very easily. So if we give people the benefit of the doubt, just give them a break, forge connections with people, build relationships, you realize that people are generally good. The fourth thing that I've learned over my 15 years in business is to give my focus to the things that I want rather than the things that I don't want. I used to spend a lot of time thinking about all the things that I didn't want and all the ways that things could go bad or all of the ways that I could fail. And of course, when you are occupying your mindset with all of these negative things, it's more likely that those things are going to happen. It's just the way that it works. You call it some sort of universal law, the law of attraction, whatever it is. Whether you believe you can or whether you believe you can't, you are right. So focus on the things that you want to happen rather than the things that you don't want to happen because from that place, you take action from that place. The beliefs that you have inform the actions that you take. So be sure that you are in tune with the things that you want, not the things that you don't want. Number five, care less about what other people think and stand up for what you believe is right. Now, this is a challenging one because... What does that even mean? Well, I'm talking about when it comes to putting yourself out there, writing content on social media, posting up videos, having conversations with clients. It's very easy to be talked around to other people's points of view. And of course, we want to give air to what other people think. That's important. But at the same time, we don't want to kind of shrink in the face of all of the opinion that's out there. What people think of us, what people think of our ideas is not as important as what we think about it. If we believe that something is right, then we should act in line with that. That is what living with integrity is all about. So care less about what others think and stand up for what you believe. Number six, the journey is more important than the destination. Now, there are so many ways that you could think about this, but for me, this is about enrolling yourself on the journey rather than thinking too much about results. So for example, when you're marketing your business, when you're in, engaged in a sales conversation with a client and it feels like it's going on forever, like try and enjoy this process, try and enjoy the process, the journey, and not think too much about the destination. That is, don't worry too much about getting results. You know, you may have heard the phrase, look after the pennies and the pounds look after themselves. This is a similar kind of thing. I could also draw parallels with health and fitness. If you were to go for a run every single day in order to lose weight, or if you were to go to the gym to build muscle, whatever it is, you're going to get results if you actually enjoy that process. But if you don't, if you hate the process, then you're probably never going to reach the destination. So yeah, focus on the process, try and love the journey, and just trust that the destination is going to come. Number seven, Truly serving your clients often means challenging their wishes. Now, this is something that I learned to, you know, quite late on in my career, if I'm being honest. I used to be a pretty big yes man. So I, you know, I would, well, that's not true really. Clients would tell me what they wanted and I would kind of begrudgingly do it. And then I would go away and resent them for it. So it was very disempowered of me. But yeah, the point is that now what I do with clients is I challenge them a lot from a place of positivity and compassion. But, you know, if a client, for example, let's say for on a website project, if a client is wanting to put a huge slider on their homepage and they want to put 50 pictures in it, 
um I, I'm, this actually happened by the way a few years ago you know i had to push back on that and i had to challenge that i think me 10 years ago probably or at the start of my career at least would have said okay i'll do that and then would have just kind of grumbled about it with my mates you know my industry peers because i know a lot of people who in the creative space who you know we put up with um clients dictating to us and that's not serving them. When we just kind of like capitulate and do what they tell us, that's not serving them. In this instance, if I'd have agreed to put up a slider on the homepage with 50 pictures in it, what's that going to do to the user experience? Plus the page is going to take forever to load. And yeah, there's a whole case <laughs> for not doing that. And so I pushed back on that and we found another solution. So if you want to really serve your clients, you have to actually challenge what they're asking you. Number eight, business building is a long game. Keep the faith. So many of us have been enchanted by the entrepreneurship dream. We think that we're going to have this beautiful, free, flexible lifestyle with loads of money in the bank working with amazing clients. And that's totally attainable, of course, but it's not necessarily going to happen in the first year, second year, third year, fourth year. I think for me, I was nearly 10 years into my career before I started to really find those really good clients who I was in alignment with on, you know, the projects that excited me. So it's a long game. You have to kind of keep the faith. But this goes back into what I said a moment ago as well about enjoying the journey. If you can commit to this for the long term, then that's going to change your mindset and self-perception massively. That's going to that's going to make you believe that you are someone who is in it for the long term, not just somebody who wants to make a quick book and then maybe go back into employment and then try a bit of freelancing over here. You know, these kind of haphazard chop and change approach isn't really going to serve you in the long term. So, yeah, this is all about the long term. This is about keeping the faith that things are going to work out for you as long as you keep working at it. Number nine, having a niche is optional, but knowing your ideal client is essential. Now, a lot of people get these two things mixed up. A niche generally refers to a sector of the market, you know, a specific type of client or business, whereas an ideal client refers more to the kind of values uh, and set of beliefs that that client has. It's a very different thing. You don't need to have a niche, but you do need to know who you want to work with because if you don't know the kind of person that you want to work with, and the kind of business that you want to work with, you're going to get all kinds of things coming your way and you will be working out of alignment with who you are and what you want. I did this for many years. It's not a nice place to be. So do take your time to identify your ideal client as early on as possible. And number 10, your brain is just a tool. <laughs> Don't let it run the show. And what I mean by this is that we almost have two brains in our heads. We have the kind of ancient brain, the one that's been in our heads for millions of years through evolution that is very, very good at keeping us safe. It's the limbic system. It's attuned to fear. And it, you know, it's very good at spotting danger, right? But then we have the more evolved human brain the neocortex, which is much better at rational thinking. It's much better at slowing things down and seeing things more objectively. Now, both of these brains, if you like, have their place, but more often than not, it's the ancient brain, the chimp brain. If you've ever read The Chimp Paradox, which is a book I recommend to everybody, if you've ever read that, you know what I'm talking about. It's the little chimp in your head that's essentially concerned only with survival. So don't let that 
run the show. Because if you get on a call with a potential client or you're knee deep in a difficult project and the chimp brain takes over, it can make a right mess. So become aware of when your brain, i.e. your thoughts and your feelings are aiding you and moving you forward and become aware when they're holding you back or sabotaging you. Number 11, speaking your troubles to an attentive listener can be an absolute game changer. I spent many years as kind of this lone wolf. You know, I didn't like talking to other people. I mean, I'd moan quite a lot with friends, but it's not the same as actually expressing what's really going on. And I think when you work with a coach or a trusted mentor, someone who's been there, someone who's done it, it's just a different dynamic. Not only can you get hope and encouragement and support, but it can just help to process away all of the negative things that are building up in your mind as well. So speaking your troubles aloud with someone who cares is really, really important. Number 12, as a freelancer, you are a salesperson. So many people that I speak to who are copywriters, who are designers, who are developers, they don't want to sell, but actually they're selling all the time. Every time they go on social media, that they're, they're essentially selling themselves. Every time a client drops in their inbox or a prospect drops in their inbox, every time a word of mouth referral comes in, they're selling themselves. The problem is they're not doing it intentionally because they don't see themselves as a salesperson. So essentially what they're doing is they're waiting for people to come along and buy. Now that's fine. That happens and that's great, but we got to be more proactive about it. If you want to develop a sustainable business, you have to build out a pipeline of interested prospective clients. And to do that, you have to put your salesperson head on. So as a freelancer, you are a salesperson. It took me 10 years to get that. And I hope that you get there sooner. Number 13, be useful, be exceptionally helpful, and the money will follow. I used to want to get work in so that I could then prove my value, and it's completely the wrong way around. In today's economy, especially if you haven't been in the game for long, you need to prove yourself. And I'm not saying that you have to work for free. You can do that if you want, but it's not necessarily something that I would choose to do. But you can prove your value by creating interesting lead magnets, by creating videos, by creating content for your ideal client. Keep the problems and the goals and the aspirations of your ideal clients in mind and help them to solve them. Put that content out there. Maybe directly reach out to people, offer them a call, offer them a brainstorming session, offer them a strategy session. Just be really prolific in being really, really helpful. And I promise you, the money will follow. Don't always be looking to get paid before you be useful. Be useful first, and then you will get paid for it. And number 14, taking breaks really is a productivity hack. Now, I know that that sounds a bit of a trite thing to say. We've all heard, oh yeah, you need to take breaks. You can't pour from an empty cup and all that sort of stuff. But it's true. There have been so many times over the years when I've been faced with a programming or you know web development problem, and I have just been bashing my head on that keyboard and the answers will not come. Literally, I can't even remember how many times this has happened, but I've got up, I've gone for a walk, I've come back and within two minutes of sitting back down at that laptop, I have fixed the issue. The brain just needs time to process things. It needs time to take a rest, to take a break. So if you want to be more productive in your professional life, then be sure to take regular breaks. And finally, number 15, procrastination is always the symptom of a deeper cause. 
A lot of people think that they don't get work done because they're procrastinating. Oh, I put on Netflix or I went on social media. The time ran away with me. I ended up reading that article. Or, you know, maybe there's like productive procrastination where people get into planning mode and they're planning and they're planning, they're writing lists, they're reading books, they're watching videos. This sort of stuff can be helpful, but at a certain point, it just becomes destructive. And what I've realized is that generally speaking, procrastination is essentially a distraction. It's a way of avoiding pain and discomfort. It's a way of not confronting the thing that we said that we would do. And often there's a fear of failure or a fear of judgment underneath of that. It took me years to realize that whenever I was facing a problem, and I was distracting myself by going on the BBC News website or going onto YouTube. All I was doing, I was running away from that problem and I wasn't facing it head on. Or if I had a piece of work to do and the deadline was looming and I just felt like in a state of paralysis, I would sit down to do the work, but then I would just find myself doing other things. And what I've come to realize is that this behavior is always the symptom of, un of something underlying it. What is it? Is it a fear of failure? Is it a fear of getting it wrong and all the things that might happen if you get it wrong? Just pay attention to the spiraling thoughts that happen whenever you notice procrastination creep in. Bring awareness to when you're going onto other websites or when you're looking at your phone or actually if you're taking an early lunch and you're indulging in something a bit fatty and unhealthy. You know, these kinds of ways of comforting ourselves are often ways of escaping the stuff that we know that we really need to do. So your procrastination is sending you a message. Listen to it. Okay, I hope that that was helpful. 15 lessons from 15 years in freelancing. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. You can send me a message on LinkedIn or you can email me at hi at mattsaunders.uk. You can also go to that same website to find out more about what I do. The Solo Collective is not just a podcast. It's also a community of freelancers and creative professionals. Check it out mattsaunders.uk. And if you think that this podcast episode might be helpful to someone you know, please feel free to send it on to them. So thanks for listening and I'll see you in the next one.